This is the Uncharted Ministries podcast with Tom and Joanne Doyle. And Joanne, as we start today, I think it's appropriate to read a scripture right off the bat. Let's Let's do it. Welcome. And we are so happy that you're here today. Psalm 77, I cried out to God for help. I cried to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. And I can't think of a better scripture to describe what's happening in Israel and Gaza right now as all of this uh, unfolded October 7th on a Saturday just a few weeks ago. And at that point, Joanne, the whole world changed. Mm. And today is, I believe, day 19 of this horrible war that is just heartbreaking for us to to see unfold. First of all, in Israel, just the the horrible crimes, the the slaughtering of innocent people, babies, children, elderly, totally innocent civilians. Um, heartbreaking to watch that happen um, in Israel. And then now as the wars progress, which we completely understand, we need to get rid of those terrorists. But there are innocent folks on the other side of the fence in Gaza. We have believing friends, former Muslims who love Jesus, and they are caught in the middle of what is going on. And sadly, Tom, what breaks my heart is that the terrorists, where do they hide? Mm-hmm. Right I mean, among the people. The, right, right among the innocents. And I, I think... If you look at some of the news, it it would be hard to even fathom that there are people there that aren't uh, really um, uh, with Hamas and supportive of them. But but there are so so many of the Palestinians live in misery because of Hamas, but they're powerless to do anything. And so when Hamas broke through the fence and came into Israel, it was just total destruction. It was annihilation. It was things that we haven't seen since World War II, Mm -hmm. Uh, just heartbreaking things of of babies being beheaded and uh, unspeakable crimes. And when the human mind cannot comprehend it, Joanne, we know it's demonic, right? Completely. And you know, the interesting thing is we compare this, sadly, to World War um, two, and we are hearing people even call Hamas um, Nazis. Mm-hmm. So there is that comparison, not just in the body of Christ, but in the world. But really, this is worse than what we saw with the Nazi era in the sense that um, at least, which I hate to even say at least, but um, before they would would um, take people to the crematorium, they would gas them. So when they burned them, their bodies were, were dead, mm-hmm. which is still horrible. Both of those act- actions are horrific. But what's happening now with Hamas is they are burning people when they're still alive, including these precious children, often their hands tied behind their backs or, you know, parents embracing their loved ones or children. And but they're finding when they do the autopsies, they're finding soot in the trachea and in the lungs showing that these people were burned alive. So Mm. no mercy. It's truly demonic. It's barbaric. Uh, We can't even find the right words to describe how horrible it is. And so when Israel responded, they called up 380,000 reservists and many of our friends, young people uh, that are in military age or those that are retired but are in the reserves and serve once a month were called up and immediately mobilized north to prevent Hezbollah from coming in from Lebanon, that vacuum in Lebanon that was one time taken over by the Palestinian Authority and Yasser Arafat, they were kicked out, but then Iran financed Hezbollah to come in and take over that southern 
tip of uh, Lebanon so they could look down uh, into Israel and always have a watchful eye on them. So many of the reservists are up north. They're in the West Bank. They're down at the uh, by the Eras Crossing between Asterot um, uh, and the Gaza Strip, which is a half mile. And uh, we've been waiting because we've been hearing about a ground war that was coming. Mm-hmm, but Joanne, right. meanwhile, on the other side of the fence, we just have to make sure that our listeners understand this. When it comes to the church today, there's three types mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. church. There's an on-the-ground church, a church that's a building where people meet and come and meet. Uh, in Muslim countries and Muslim areas, there's also the underground church where new believers would never walk into a church because they would be discovered and perhaps their own family would even kill them. So they meet in secret, not necessarily under the ground, but under the ground, meaning in secret. No one knows where they're located. Yeah, so the secret church. So you have that. And then you have the uh, above the ground church. That's the cyber church, Mm -hmm. where in certain places it's so dangerous, they can't even meet with the believer in another house and talk about Jesus. It's, It's so dangerous. They only meet with them online. And so think about this. There are Muslim background believers that we know in Gaza. All of their fellowship has been cut off. They're on their own. They don't get news there. Some of them are not even able to communicate to their families. They're in a difficult situation too. They are. And not only is their communication cut off with the rest of the world, the communication has been cut off Mm -hmm. from among themselves. And what I mean by that, we have a dear friend, Tom will share his story here in a moment, Mohammed. And it's okay to say his name because half of the Gaza Strip, half of the Muslim world is named Mohammed. But our dear friend, Mohammed, is a deep follower of Jesus. He has got a passionate walk with the Lord. He knows God's word thoroughly. He is incredible in his walk with Jesus. Well, he was visiting his father who lives in one of the refugee camps seven miles away from he, where he and his family live in another refugee camp. And so he happened to be visiting his father on October 7th mm-hmm. when um, the war broke out. And so even though, though they're only seven miles apart, mm-hmm. they've not been able to reconnect. The roads are destroyed, blocked by you can imagine and the, the terrorists are on the street, so it's just not even safe to go that direction. Um, so initially, they were able to at least talk on the cell phone and text back and forth, but now even that has been cut off. So occasionally, we'll still get texts from him, but we've not been able to talk to his wife or the rest of the family in many days. And Shireen, his wife, has obviously, with children, just been beside herself, Um uh, they live in a refugee camp, which um, if you haven't been to Gaza, which that would be almost 100% of people <laughs> listening, right. probably, right? Um, the uh, poor people live in the refugee camps. The Hamas uh, leaders live in refugee camps. The upper leaders are in the Arab Gulf, probably on a beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're they're all millionaires from terrorism, sadly. But the ones that run it within the Strip typically live in the most densely populated area, which would be the refugee camps. And so that's where Israel has targeted Hamas. So here we are, new believers in Christ that are caught up right in the middle. They don't mm-hmm. like Hamas. They wish they were overthrown, but they can't leave because as Israel told them to go south, uh, Hamas was there to fire on them and put up roadblocks so they would not be able right. to leave. So it's it's just hard to believe a group would treat their own people that way, but therein lies the problem. Mm-hmm. They don't care about leading their people. They care about one thing, 
destroying Israel. That's right. That's at the top of their value system. Which, so, is, which is, excuse me, Tom, it's even more of a desire to destroy the Jewish people than it is even as to have the whole land. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they want the land of Israel, but even more than that, they want the Jews out and not just to another country. They want them dead. They want them annihilated. That's right. And of course, that does go back to World War II. That's exactly what Hitler wanted. And actually, we can go further back in scripture and we can see that this is truly a plot from the enemy himself, trying mm-hmm. to stamp out God's chosen people from the beginning of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's been battle after battle after battle trying to get rid of God's chosen people. And that same battle rages today. So, which brings up another, um, you know, kind of conversation that we don't want to speak on for a long time on this episode, but the spiritual warfare behind the whole thing, you know, those same demonic hosts, they don't die. Um, so those same demonic hosts from the beginning, no doubt, are the same ones that are in action today. There is one beautiful name mentioned in scripture, scripture the, um, the angel Michael. And Michael is the angel, talks about in Daniel, how he is the angel that guards and protects Israel. Um, so don't you know, he is in a battle for the nation of Israel today. Mm-hmm. You know, Joanne, I, I think it goes back to the Old Testament, the most feared group of all time, of all the enemies that came against Israel, there's only one that stands out with the treachery, with uh, uh, demonically inspired ways they would kill people, and it's the Assyrians. The Assyrians uh, from Nineveh would skin people alive, and then they'd light them on fire. I mean, this is hard things to hear, but we're seeing things like this on television now. They they would uh, destroy a village and decapitate everybody and then stack their skulls at the city gate just as a trophy to show this is what we did to the people. In fact, in history, there is stories of entire villages committing mass suicide because they heard, they just heard the Assyrians were on their way. And this is some of the same things we're seeing with the barbaric ways that uh, Israelis were tortured and killed by Hamas. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, sickening to watch. And uh, one of the things that has just broken our hearts is to think about the captives, those that were kidnapped, Mm. those that were taken. And um, Mohammed in Gaza, a new believer, loves Jesus, said that they were forced by Hamas in Gaza to watch the parade of the cars and the trucks coming through with women that were kidnapped and children that were kidnapped in these trucks and the crowds were cheering. And here he is a new believer in Christ. And he said, I I was crying. I couldn't believe anyone could be treated that way. And my heart's go, my heart goes out to them. No one should be treated this way, but Hamas shows no mercy. And we pray that one day they will be gone. Yeah. Uh, that is, I have to say, one thing that has kept me up at night throughout this whole um, 19 plus days, and that is thinking about those hostages, those that are being held captive. In fact, I woke up a few nights ago, and um, I saw all I could think about were those that were being, you know, held against their will. No one knows where they are. Um, it's interesting, even on the news, they haven't shown pictures of the hostages. They haven't even talked about them. No. I mean, Hamas, they're just keeping them completely silent and hidden. So I woke up one night just praying for them, just so burdened. And I got up in the morning and as I opened my Bible, I was reading in Matthew 6. And I'd actually been reading in Matthew 6 the day before. And in this chapter, um, Jesus is talking about how 
Three times he says in this chapter that we should go into the secret place where God hears in secret, where God is in secret. And not only does he hear us, he rewards us. Mm -hmm. And so when in that chapter, and when I read it, of course, I initially was just thinking about what Jesus said. And he talks about three things, when we fast, when we pray, and when we give, to do it in secret, not meaning not to show off to others, not for the approval of men, but it's to be, you know, something that we do truly to honor God. But when I woke up that morning thinking about the hostages, God kind of shifted my thinking in a new way. Now, you know, we think about when we go to pray, we go into our prayer closet. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of a Christian ease term. We go off by ourselves to meet with sure. God. Not that praying in public is wrong or praying with others is wrong, but meaning our heart motive needs to be pure is what this whole chapter is talking about. But this new illumination made me realize that these dear people, men, women, children, babies, the youngest hostage is nine months old, um, children, all of them that are held hostage are in a secret place, not by their choosing, but they're hidden away from the rest of the world. And even though they're hidden, God sees them. And not only does he see them, he hears their cries. No doubt, these men, women, and children, especially the men and the women and the younger ones, they are indeed crying out to God in ways that they probably never have in Mm -hmm. their life before, pleading for mercy, pleading for who knows what their, their cries to God are, but God hears them. And then he goes on in those passages to say that he will reward them. Well, how is God going to reward them if they're trapped and who knows if they're going to even be set free or if they'll die in captivity? But there's two ways I realize that God can reward them. One, when they turn to him, it says in, um, I think it's Romans 10, 13, when we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. As they are calling on God, their eternal souls are being saved. I'm praying that those Jewish people are calling on God and he is revealing that Jesus, his son is Messiah. But as they call on him, prayerfully, they'll have eternal salvation if they are not released, or if they'll have an earthly release that they'll, you know, the world will see that reward. And that even in that, they will find physical, spiritual, and emotional healing. So it was interesting after I had that little, you know, spiritual illumination that morning, we got news that those first two women were released. It was a mother and a daughter, Judith and Natalie, I believe their names are. And I was so happy as the whole world was, yay, two are released. And then a couple of days later, two more elderly right. women were, were set free. There are still over 200 people that are held in captivity. So please continue to intercede for them, that God will hear their prayers, that he will reveal himself to them in spirit and truth. And I love the last thing I'll share with in this regard is Psalm 139 says that no matter where we go, we cannot flee from God's presence. Mm-hmm. He is with them weeping with them. God does not want this to happen. Of course, he is a loving, merciful God, but he is with them. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Well, what has this done to Israel? Um, uh, What, what has been the effect of the attacks uh, that happened October 7th? Well, first of all, Israel is a deeply divided political country, just like America. And uh, there were protests going on. Um, um, it's interesting, Joanne, each group, whether it's on the left or the right or in the middle, when they protest, they wave American, I mean, they wave Israeli, Israeli flags. They're, they're not burning them. They probably all served in the military. And so they believe their view should be the view that every Israeli should have, but they support Israel. But they were deeply divided over this mm-hmm. as there were protests that we see all throughout the Middle East. And that was happening. It was a weak point for Israel. 
Also, what a lot of listeners probably don't know is that the majority of Israelis are secular. You do see the Orthodox Jews. You see them praying at the wall, side curls and the hats and the the women that are at their side praying at the wall. That's probably about 20% of Israel. Largely, Israel is secular. Mm -hmm. Many Jews, it's shocking when Americans go over, would claim that they're atheists. And people think, how in the world could that be? The thinking goes like this. Many Israelis will say this, if there is a God, where was he during World mm -hmm. War II? Yeah. We cried out to him. Six million of us were, were, were killed. And so where was he? And they've given up a belief in God. So what they have done is, is lapsed over to uh, a belief that they have to defend themselves and it's their military and it's their intel and their inventions and things that keep them safe. And there's no doubt about it. They are amazing. Uh, Israel is an amazing mm -hmm. country. Genius. And uh, we've been reading a book, Thou Shalt Innovate. And it talks about all the inventions, 50 inventions that mm -hmm. Israel has um, uh, came up came up with. 50 that, top inventions. Because they've invented yeah, so many more the, things. Yeah, than just should 50, clarify but, yeah. that. 50 top inventions that literally have changed the world, have gone around the world. They right. don't just keep them to themselves but they were not able to defend themselves against this attack. And so it set them back on their heels. It's, it's opened them up to thinking about how are we surviving mm -hmm, this? Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe there is a God. And uh, one of the things that Holocaust surviving members will say is uh, the Nazis claimed to be Christians. They had crosses on their uniforms. Uh, in fact, I remember a, necklaces, yeah. well, a woman saying, um, uh, that her parents talked about being in the death camps and hearing the Nazi soldiers sing "O Little Town of Bethlehem" on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve, and so they would think, "Well, they were Christians. There's, there's no way to explain that to them that there is a difference. Those were not believers following Jesus. He never called his family to do anything remotely like that." So anyway, what has happened to Israel spiritually through this? Many who are secular would be atheists or agnostics are questioning and saying, is this the war of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38? Is this the end? Mm -hmm. Because we see this horrific attack. We see all the nations coming together and they seem to be against Israel. And Joanne, we noticed that in the first few days, there was a lot of sympathy for Israel That's around right. the world. Now it's very divided. It looks like the majority seems to be pro-Hamas, uh, backing Hamas, and even people making statements like gas the Jews and pictures of Hitler and people with their mm -hmm. phones that have a swastika on it at marches in the United States. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it's just turned into something very ugly. And I think when evil is exposed, people gravitate toward the good, toward the light. And many of them are saying... Maybe God is here protecting us. Maybe there is a God after all. And so I know a lot of them are crying out for the first time. We pray that they will come to know that That's Yeshua right. HaMashiach is their Savior, That's is right. the Messiah, and he was here once before. Exactly. And you know, God, throughout the whole Old Testament, anytime the Jews strayed from serving the one true God, 
he would allow, as they became more and more like the pagan nations around them, he allowed their enemies to pursue them and to sometimes overtake them. But ultimately, each time, the motivation and the goal of God was to bring the people back to him. And I believe that's what's happening right now, is God is using Hamas, enemies of the Jews, to try to bring the Jews back to God to realize it's not their own ingenuity and their own smartness and their own inventions and their own security and their incredible military that's going to save them. That's right. Ultimately, only God will. Which brings me to another point is as shocking as all of this has been to all of us, it really shouldn't be a surprise. Scripture promises, especially in Matthew 24, that in the end times, you know, before the end comes, wars and rumors of wars will increase. It even talks about Israel being surrounded by nations in war. So this shouldn't surprise us. What it should do, however, is motivate us to intercede for those who don't yet know Christ. That would be both Jews and those that are non-Jews, the Gentiles, and that would also include those terrorists. We can't forget um, Paul, you know, was Saul before he became Paul, and he was a terrorist. He was killing the Jewish believers um, right after Jesus was resurrected and went back to heaven. And um, it was through all, and he killed many Christians. Or, or at least ordered or their killings. Of, yeah, yeah, was somehow involved in it. Maybe he didn't actually do the stoning, but he, he you're right, authorized it. Um, and then look at, God stopped him on that road to Damascus, took the scales off his eyes, opened his eyes to see who Jesus is, and that is Messiah. And then now, look at, he's written most of our New Testament, Paul has. So there is hope. None of us are without hope. Jesus pursues all of us. Um, yeah. And we is can't it, forget that. Isn't that something when you think about the New Testament, uh, a murderer or someone that that gave the decree to murder new believers wrote 13 books out of 27 books in the New Testament. Just phenomenal when you, when you think about that. Well, going back to Psalm 77, Asaph said this. He's asking, is God there? Where are you? I throw up my hands. There's no answers. And then he says, later on in the chapter, Psalm 77, and I call this prescription for a big problem, and Israel is a big problem. And actually, so do the Palestinians on the other side of the fence that are stuck and can't get away, that detest Hamas, but there they are. What, what can they do? I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on mm -hmm. all your mighty deeds to just stop and think about those and replay those in our mind. See, see why the word of God is so essential for new believers mm -hmm. as they come to faith in Christ. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And so it's our heart cry that Jews would be crying out to God for deliverance from this evil war that they're in the midst of. It's also our heart cry for Muslim background mm -hmm. believers who love Jesus to, to cry out to God and for Muslims who are seeing what is happening with Hamas and are actually sickened by it, that they would cry out to Jesus as Savior. We know many of them that we meet that come to faith in Christ have had dreams That's about right. Jesus. Um, Joanne, we hear these things all the time that a Muslim has to hear the salvation offer of Jesus 20 times before they can even comprehend it. We we hear 
all of these things that, you, you know, you'll never see a Muslim pray to receive Christ right away. We know several of them. That's the right. first time they heard the gospel, it pierced their heart like a sword and and they were ready. They were ready. So is anything too hard for no, God? I love it. Nothing is impossible with God, which every time we see that in scripture has to do with life, whether it's physical life, spiritual life, you know, rebirth always has to do with, with life. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, another thing I've been thinking about in these last couple of days are, in fact, I, I saw a um, newsreel and it was one of the reporters in Gaza and in the West Bank going to schools and just interviewing children. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking elementary age children and they're saying things, these kids are saying things like, um, you know, I hate the Jews. If I could stab all the Jews, I would stab the Jews. Mm -hmm. If I could run them over with my car, I would run them over with my car. We need to kill the Jews. These are little children, girls and boys both that are saying this mm. over and over again, saying the same thing. Um, and then one little girl said, yeah, they, the Jews even lie. They say that their temples underneath our mosque on, you know, Alaska mosque. It's like they, they're just taught so many, so much hatred from the mm. time they're tiny, tiny children, all the way from preschool up. Um, you see little kids during, I don't know what they call it, Hamas week, so to speak, where they have, they they dress the kids up as suicide bombers and they want to teach them that jihad is the only way. And so that kind of birthed a new compassion in my heart, thinking some of these young men that are so, you know, drenched in terrorism, they're, they were innocent kids at one point that were taught lies. Yeah. They were taught to, to kill. And that's from the pit of hell. And I started thinking, um, you know, the verse in scripture that talks about Jesus calls a child to himself. And he says, anyone that would hurt such a child as this, it would be better if a millstone was hung around his neck and thrown into the sea than to harm one of these children. And I thought, you know, those teachers, those people that are, that are sharing this barbaric message with these young people, number one, they're going to be held accountable. And number two, these kids, this is developing strongholds in their life. You know, th mm -hmm. these are demonic thoughts that are developing strongholds so that as they get older, then they are acting on them, and what, which is what we saw on October 7th. Mm. And you know, Joanne, I think in situations like this, we are always looking for what, where is Jesus in this? What What is happening? Is the gospel being advanced? Do we see the light of Jesus being uh, shown in the midst of this? And Getting back to Gaza with Mohammed, uh, he sends texts uh, every day and we communicate. And there were times where he was asking, where do I go? We have no news. Um, my father's house has been destroyed. I have no idea where to go. We're going from school to school, uh, just asking for anything. Of course, Hamas is not going to tell them what to do. But I think what just warmed our heart was the messages he was sending out that he wanted the Israelis to, to read was that he was praying for them and that how much he loves Jesus. Jesus has given him mm -hmm. salvation and caused him to have a love for his Jewish mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. And he was praying for them, saying, you don't deserve this. We are uh, praying for you. Please pray for us. And delivering these messages to, to uh, Jewish believers there touched their hearts. Some of them were in the military and and mm -hmm. um, hearing these touching messages. Wow, there is some light. There is God doing something in the Gaza Strip and so thankful that they have a brother on the other side of the fence that's, that's right. actually praying for them, touching. And so then mm -hmm. 
Jews in, in Israel started sending messages back through yes. us to him saying, we're praying for you. We don't want anything to, to happen hurt. to the yeah. innocent Palestinians. That's not what this is about. We're trying to get rid of Hamas. Mm -hmm. We know it will be, mm -hmm. life will be better for you terrorists. and for, for us. That's right. My gosh. So we have a lot to pray, pray for, and we've talked long enough. Um, but why don't we end our time together in prayer, praying for those that are still held hostage, praying for those that have lost loved ones. In fact, we've, as we've talked to many of our friends and ministry partners in Israel, they have said that they can't find anyone that they've talked to that hasn't had mm -hmm. someone that's either been kidnapped or murdered that they, that they know. Um, you know, remember it's a small, tiny nation. And so it's very close knit. And so they all know someone that's either been killed or is been held hostage. That's so right. we need to, to be in prayer. And also for those trapped in Gaza, the innocent people there, the believers there, the children there. Oh gosh, let's pray that the children will stop hearing this false ideology of how right. evil the Jews are. That is not true. Um, I think as we yeah. close, Joanne, why don't we do this? Uh, we've always tried to model that God's heart is big enough to love them both, Jews and Arabs, um, Israel and Palestinians. So why don't you pray for Israel? I'll pray for the okay. Palestinians. How's yes. that? Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, um, our hearts, all of our hearts are just torn as we see what is unfolding in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. And so we thank you, Jesus, that you are on the throne. You are in control. You did not cause this. You did not make this happen but you did allow it to happen. And in your higher ways, we know that you are working. There are miracle stories. I've heard so many already. And I know as time goes on, we'll he hear even more stories where miracles have taken place. Um, the greatest miracle, of course, would be salvation. And so we pray for the nation of Israel as a whole, that they would look to you, the, the God of Abraham, mm -hmm. Isaac, and Jacob, and the Father of Jesus. And would they see Jesus as Messiah, remove the veil, open their eyes to see the truth of who you are, and that they need Jesus in their life to mm -hmm. save their souls eternally. We do pray for their protection. Um, we think of all those IDF soldiers that are going into battle into harm's way. And Lord, there are young kids straight from high school right. that are in the battle, both young men and young women, seven or not 17 year olds, maybe 18, 19, 20 year olds, all the way up to men in, in, in their 50s. And so we do pray your protection, mm -hmm. give them wisdom as they go forth. And may they um, get rid of the terrorists, but also have mercy, you know, have that perfect balance of justice and mercy that only you can give. And we also pray for those hostages, oh Jesus, that are hidden somewhere, probably in those tunnels. Um, you mm. see them. You are with them. You hear the cries of their hearts. You hear their voices. You see what's happening. Would you meet their needs, Lord, whether they're physical in need of medication that they probably don't have, um, or if they have injuries. We've heard of so many that were shot or had limbs cut off and mm. were still dragged into captivity. Jesus, would you touch and heal their bodies? Would you provide for them um, emotionally? We can only imagine what they've done, especially to the women and young girls. And ugh, we've even heard of horrible things they've done to children. Would mm -hmm. you protect them from the horrors of this war? And would you somehow set them free? I keep thinking maybe even turning the heart of someone that's holding them hostage, where, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden the veil's torn from their eyes and heart, and they want to, they realize this is wrong, and they want to help set these people free. Use whatever means to protect those who are being, who's, who are being held hostage and to deliver them to freedom. And we pray for the families, those that 
that have lost loved ones or who have those that are being held captive, would you be their peace? Would you be the lifter of their heads? Would you restore their hope? And would you draw them, Father, draw them to your heart so that they would come to know you as Savior? Thank you for the unity that we're seeing in Israel. It was so divided before this all took place. And now there is such unity because they care about life. Israelis are all about life. So Jesus, would you not only give them life, abundant life, but spiritual life? And that is our greatest cry right now, Mm. that they would turn to you, Father, turn to you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, there would be a fresh outpouring, just like on Pentecost, a fresh outpouring of the Spirit over the land of Israel and for the world. Open our eyes. May we stand with Israel, especially as believers. How can we, as followers of Christ, um, ignore Israel? 80% of our Bible talks about Israel. Jesus, you're Jewish. How can we turn our back on the Jews? Our faith has been grafted into Judaism. So especially as the body of Christ, may we together stand strong for Israel. Yes, getting rid of the enemy, um, the terrorists, and caring about those innocent folks, the Palestinians that that don't want any part of this either. Mm-hmm. But we do pray you would open the eyes of the world to stand with Israel and for life. And... Um, dissolve the hatred. We know this is a spiritual battle and it can only be fought and won on our knees. So we ask you, Lord Jesus, to be victorious in the name of Jesus. Mm. And Lord, as we pray for the Palestinians, I just have all these images in my mind of the times we've been there and seen what they're up against and how hard it is to live there and how dangerous it is with the different terrorist groups. But for believers that just don't know this, there's a Christian population in Gaza. That's right. There's churches, people that love Jesus there, and they're caught in the middle. Of, we, we think they have it just incredibly uh, difficult com- compared to everybody else just because they're caught in between mm-hmm. hardline Islam right. and and what happens when that Israel's provoked and there's war. They're right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, Father, we pray for them. We pray for the churches there. We pray for the Christians that mm-hmm. uh, many of them have suffered already. Uh, we pray for Muslims that have found Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, and they live in danger. Uh, even even telling their family might risk that they would be killed. So, uh, God, we just pray for the Christian church. We pray for the Muslim background believers who serve you and love you. Would you protect them? We pray for the Palestinians, and I know that it would be hard for people to even believe that this isn't the majority, that they all Mm -hmm. support Hamas, but we've been there. We've seen them. Mm -hmm. They don't. They're miserable. That's the one thing they agree with on Israel. They wish Hamas was gone. So Father, would you protect them? Uh, You be their defender. And uh, we pray that uh, food would get to them. We know Hamas Mm -hmm. is blocking that. They need water. They need electricity, all of those things. And so Mm -hmm. Father, we pray this would be a big prayer. We pray one day when people think of the Gaza Strip, they won't think of terrorism. They won't think of Hamas. They'll think of a vibrant, mm. Jesus-loving church that transformed this place that has been a place that is so difficult to live in with so many strongholds and terrorism pockets and so much heartbreak and misery. We pray, Lord, that the gospel would just flood in and just wash over Gaza and that many would come to faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, Muslims would turn to Jesus as Savior and say, I don't want the jihad path. I want the Jesus path. Mm, I I want to be changed. And as we know in Scripture, it says, um, 
that they're going to know us by our love. By this, all men will know you are my disciples. If you have love one for another, let Palestinians in Gaza see the love that believers have for them. They're praying for them. And may they be delivered into the arms of Jesus. May many of them be saved. God, we pray for a strong and vibrant church in the Gaza Strip one day. And so, Father, we know your heart is big enough to love them both. We stand with Israel. We love Israel. We love the Palestinians, too, and want the best for them. So, Father, thank you that you're working. And we pray that people that are listening to this wouldn't take just their worldview mm -hmm. from the news. Much more is happening. That's right. There are Jesus right. sightings in Israel and in uh, mm -hmm. the Palestinian areas, too, where he is delivering them and they're understanding mm -hmm. who he is. So, Father, as a church, may we not be divided, mm -hmm. but may we stand strong together. That's These right. are dark days, but the light shines brightly in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Lord, that That's right. uh, you're not on the throne of God biting your nails. Mm -hmm. You you knew this was going to happen, and you're going to turn it into something good. That's right. You and promise. so we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your peace in the midst of this um, unsettling time around the world. We thank you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being Amen. with us today on the Uncharted Ministries podcast, Tom and Joanne Doyle. And um, wow, what a, what a time to spread the truth right. and the light, right? Yes. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening as we continue to stand with Israel and pray for those that don't yet know Jesus. Amen. Amen.